Welcome to Emotional Intelligence. I'm Helen Duros. And I'm Danielle Doyle. This is a podcast centered on real conversations with friends, mentors, and legends who lead and share an embodied life. We sit with a variety of guests to unpack how a cultivated relationship with the body informs their work and transforms their lives. Thanks for joining us in conversation and movement. Hi, all. Welcome to today's podcast. We have Josh Smith as our guest. Schmidt. Schmidt. How do you spell it? S-C-H-M-I-D-T. Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And he is a meditation and mindful living coach based in the Boston area. And we had such a lovely chat with him just kind of riffing about what it means to have a meditation practice and an embodiment practice in general and how he came to that. And what it means to be a student and have a teacher, which I think is such a beautiful aspect of of what he does and what he does well is having found his teacher and how he's able to be a good teacher because of that. Yes. He has so many amazing things, including friends of a friend of both of ours and we hope that you feel like you'll be a part of this conversation and enjoy just as much as we did Josh Schmidt. <laughs> yeah that's good to be here thanks for it's so good to see you me. Josh yes yes you this too such a pleasure we've been looking forward to this for a long time <laughs> well that makes my heart happy thank you <laughs> and we've just been admiring your social media game to be perfectly honest. It is strong, like, Josh. Oh, I, I don't know about that, but I appreciate your I appreciate your saying that. I mean, I, I haven't been so consistent, but I feel like I, I do try to stay true to myself in terms of what I'm what I'm posting on there. I think I think you do a really good job of that. And I was thinking about that the other day of how like to to grow your brand and your followers, which is so like right. antithetical to a mindfulness practice, I feel like you have to do, you have to post like X amount of this and that. And it's like, but I don't yeah. think. <laughs> no, I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I've spent a lot of time, um, you know, buying into the, the, the marketing kind of programs or courses that, that you see all the time on, well, I see all the time on, on mm-hmm. Facebook ads and Instagram ads. And, you know, you have to, you have to get inside the, your client's head and kind of continue that conversation and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, when I find that like, whenever I try to create something based on what I think that people want to hear, you know, it gets kind of a math reaction, but whenever I'm, I'm just kind of more myself and just sharing something about something I'm doing or just something that's a little bit more natural, you know, I, I get a little bit more engagement with it. So it's, it's, it's the constant thing of like overthinking versus just kind of taking action in, in a way that feels right. <laughs> it's very clear from the receiving end to how organic it is. Because when I, when one of your posts comes up, it's like, Oh, that's the Josh I know and love. And he's just kind of embracing what he's doing and sharing it with the world versus having this contrived formula. And that's really appreciated. And I think refreshing too. It makes as the participant in that, it makes me want to like continue engaging with the stuff you're posting, which is, is nice. Cause I don't feel that way about many people on Instagram. No, I, I definitely appreciate that. I mean, it's, it's a space that's, that really kind of is promoting this idea that you need to be the, the master of your craft and you need, and, and that like, you know, the, 
certifications and this kind of accumulation of knowledge is is or accumulation of learning is what it is is what creates kind of authority when really authority is you know what we've lived what we've kind of had mm. in our experience what's true to us that's that's authority mm. right you know that's that's our truth and that's kind of the most powerful thing in a lot of ways so it's kind of contradictory to that 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 uh well what you see on instagram i think in general and i love how you just described what authority is because that's like the whole nature of what this podcast is it's such a good segue it's just like talking about your experience your experience you know we we talk a lot about talk to a lot of people who have like movement professions and backgrounds but um you're coming to this from the meditation mindfulness aspect which is no less embodied than you know, if you were doing Absolutely. yoga and running. And um, so we'd love to just start out with like a little bit of background on like what your embodiment practice is and where that like was born for you. If there was like a moment where you kind of had that, that seed planted or that kind of like, that like first memory of feeling embodied, whatever that means for you. Wow. That's a, that's a beautiful question. Um, I, I, I guess there's just so many stages to it, I think, to a certain mm -hmm. degree. And, um, you know, the thing that jumped into my mind first is I, I can recall back to just being a little kid and being very imaginative as a little kid. Um, and even up through like middle school and high school, I was still playing pretend in my backyard, mostly <laughs> with like sticks, pretending I'm like in Lord of the Rings or, or well, in, like, a true Star actor. Wars or stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Maybe that's, maybe that was kind of the impetus for that later on. But, um, but yeah, that, that idea of being embodied in a sense, I mean, I, I don't think I was thinking of it in that way. I mean, I was just having fun, right. Mm -hmm. I was kind of just following following my nature at that point and um you know really being able to be immersive because it was all about play i mean obviously i was also just running around in the backyard with a stick you know yeah. imagining there's dinosaurs mm -hmm. out there and stuff like this or creating my own little world and kind of getting to embody that that natural creativity of of youth i guess is it was my first if I can think back to it now upon reflection, that was probably like my first experience of true embodiment of being. It felt, I it felt like I love that. That's a really nice way of distilling to what the essence or one of the potential essences of embodiment is because we do have that innately as children where we're just mm -hmm. in our body. We don't question how we're moving through the world. And then over time that gets conditioned out of us. But it's nice to have like when you as an adult reconnect with what that feels like it's so joyous and juicy and you just want it it brings you back for more <laughs> absolutely absolutely and and you know like i said it, it's happened in many different stages of my life too i think in high school more you know i was probably less embodied i was definitely mm -hmm. less um confident of myself and of what i looked like and that kind of stuff and in college i mean i didn't i, I I did go through some physical transformations there as well, but I feel like you mentioned acting, you know, when I was taking voice and speech classes, uh, that was another moment of real embodiment when I was learning how mm. to breathe properly, like mm. just spending three, three hours a week lying on the floor, just kind of letting nature do its thing, letting my body learning to like, not think about the breath, but actually just feel my body breathing. And that was a real big turning point in how I 
interacted with my body. And I think that that kind of set forth some other changes, um, maybe again, unconscious ones at that time. Um, but that kind of steered me in, in this direction because it was at that time that I was also becoming interested in yoga a little bit. I, I had taken my first um, yoga class. I was also doing improv dancing. I was doing my acting and it, like I was doing poetry and all of these kind mm. of worlds kind of collided in this, in this really beautiful way for me. Um, and yeah, and they kind of came back to me in different stages of my life now, um, as I got more into yoga and that kind of trained, uh, transitioned into mindfulness practices and, and now most specifically meditation and yeah, and just like the world of perception and how we're actually embodied in our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just for a little context, do you want to give us an idea of what it is you're doing now? Yeah, sure. Uh, so right now I'm I'm mostly working with just individuals one on one um, for mindfulness coaching. I would consider it because it's it is while I definitely focus on uh, the meditation practice, like giving someone a really strong understanding of what what they're doing in there. Because it is a basically you know meditation is a movement, the movement mm -hmm. of your mind. Um, and I'd love to talk a little bit about specifically about like my, my version of meditation or maybe my yeah, definition of meditation, would love that. but I'll, I'll touch on that. The next question, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll touch on Great. Then we'll do that in a moment. Um, but yeah, uh, teaching people the, the foundations of, of the practice, but, but then also recognizing that, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not getting good at meditation to get good at sitting still and, and, you know getting quiet or whatever it is that we're doing for that, for that solid 20 minutes of time, that formal practice, but using that practice as, and, and the principles of the practice as a, a kind of way of living life too, you know, mm -hmm. just like, just like yoga, you know, yoga isn't, isn't necessarily an exercise. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of mm -hmm. way of living, at least in Patanjali's <laughs> yoga. Um, it's definitely um, shifts, you know, there's definitely way many debatable in the current time. Iterations <laughs> yes. of it in the Western world. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But um, yeah, it's not, it's not journey to power. That's not what I'm practicing. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> not to uh, you, somebody else's yum, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And, and, you know, it's it's great that people are enjoying that too i think that's it's great that people are becoming more interested in their health and well-being both in physical body and also in their in their psycho psychological one you know in mm -hmm. this in this internal world that we all are i mean we're all living it all the time but rarely are we kind of consciously tuning into it and looking at it in a, in a way so yeah and i think you know as as far from Patanjali's message as uh, journey into power and, you know, some other more yeah. extreme forms of asana or, or like modernized forms of asana are, it's also like a gateway. Like people don't know how to sit sure. still. And like your, your entry to meditation was yoga for me. Like I, I'm always at the threshold of having a meditation practice and <laughs> yoga true. definitely came, came first. But I think like people who, who might not know how to sit and be still like, blowing through a bunch of chaturangas is, is the first way of just kind of showing up and learning how to breathe and like tap into your body. So it's yeah. like a great gateway. And then, you know, most, you know, many people then crave the the slower and some people don't, some people need that, that rigor to, to be Absolutely. in their body. Yeah. And also, I mean, this is also saying that meditation isn't necessarily for everyone. I'm not, a, I'm not going to be someone who's like, 
you know, everyone needs to meditate and the world's going to be a better place if we all just learn to meditate. I mean, that's just, it's not going to be in some people's nature in that way. I mean, every, I think that if people decide to do it and they're interested in doing and they want to do it, yeah, then, then it's, they're probably going to have, they're going to find enjoyment in that practice and they're going to like to do it. But, you know, you can't, you can't, I, I don't want to like force that upon anyone. Everyone has to make that decision on their own. And, and, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not ha- out here trying to to serve like a, a mass market meditation. You know, that's, yeah. that's definitely not, that's not my style. If you think about it in hamburgers, I'm not McDonald's. I want to, you know, bring, bring someone into my house and actually teach them how to build a patty, you know, I, maybe, <laughs> maybe hamburgers isn't the right. <laughs> We're all all our vegan listeners are going to be yeah. clicking off. <laughs> he met Impossible Burger, so, guys. I'm, he I'm met Impossible Burger. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, I know a little bit about your style of meditation because I, I did, um, I was a little, I was, I, I didn't do a great job following through, but I did part of your, your online meditation course, which is awesome. And just, I, I love you as a teacher and a facilitator. Um was fabulous. So tell us a little bit more about your style and your approach to meditation and mindfulness, because yeah. it is just the vastest of, of term I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. And I'm yeah. still, I'm still learning too. You know, I want to make that clear is that I, I certainly am not someone who's claiming that I have all the answers and, and I, I want to be even, I'm trying to right now get better at, at kind of admitting that I, I don't know everything, you know, and, and w- when I'm working with people one-on-one, it's, it's kind of easy to do that when, when you go out and, and are trying to, you know, quote unquote, make a name for yourself or branding yourself. It's, it's, it, it, there's some resistance there. You know, you want to, you want to be um, the authority as you think that other people will see that, but mm-hmm. um but yeah, meditation, I mean, the first thing that I just want to note is that meditation is just this massive category. And I think that mm-hmm. uh, just like you wouldn't, categ- you, you, I think one of the problems with people kind of prescribing yoga as a, as a you know, a cure-all for your health, you know, it, it, you can't just say, okay, well, just go take it. You know, you're, you have a sore back, go, go take a yoga class. Mm-hmm. That'll, I've heard yoga helps. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And they go in to take a, a class at, you know, core power or something like that. And, you know, if, if they're doing a hundred chaturangas in that class, that's probably not going to be a great experience for them, especially if they're already experiencing some pain. Like you, you need to find a style of yoga that's going to be therapeutic for that individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go look to, to tone yourself and become stronger and fitter, like, great, like do yoga with weights and stuff. That's, that's fine. But um, if you're going for something else, you know, you might need more restorative practice or, or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So we kind of, um, we kind of tailor, you're going to tailor the experience to what you're looking for to a certain extent to like what the results you want are. Mm -hmm. And, and meditation is this huge, it's this huge category. If If we would think about meditation just as a very broad definition, it's, it's a formal practice in which you're using, um, shifting of your attention to kind of train your mind and body in a certain way or your mind body if we want to lump them together uh and just like uh, i use this example in the in the challenge it's like meditation as a category is like sports you know if you're Mm -hmm. telling if you you tell someone that you play sports they're probably going to ask like well 
what kind of sport, you know, like there's, <laughs> there's a lot of right. different kinds of sports. Let's narrow right? it so, in. Yeah, exactly. You know, whereas the, the whole category of sports, yeah, there's kind of a general thematic element where you're trying to score more points than the other team or the other person. But, you know, you wouldn't go in and read a rule book for football and then get into a pool and expect to play water polo. It's just it doesn't work. And I think a lot of the time right now is like people are kind of starting to prescribe meditation as this thing. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, like, you know, you're stressed or you're anxious or whatever it is. It's like, oh, just go go learn some meditation. You know, that'll help. And, you know, people, first of all, the, the content that's out there that you just are, you know, how do I Google on meditate uh, or on, <laughs> how do I meditate on Google? If I type that in, I'm going to get 700 million different responses. And, and first of all, I don't even know if I can trust 99% of them because they're just some, you know, some content creator from some magazine that's, or some blogger that's like, oh yeah, like. Meditation's all the rage. I, I got right, uh, that's the hot spot in my Costco magazine. I got a there's a whole <laughs> mindfulness like and well being section. Uh, well, good for them for for mindfulness. being on trend. <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely on trend, but the on trend is kind of uh, it can kind of disrupt things too in a little way because it's like well you, you you really have to know what you're doing and you can't just read like what is meditation in general you can't just read a few articles and expect that you're going to have success in the practice and what i see with a lot of folks that that i that i encounter and are trying to learn meditation is like they have they, they have a desire to do this thing but they just don't enjoy the practice and they're not doing it. Like I asked a group of hundred meditators, what's the most difficult part of meditation? And 80% of the, I would say 80 to 90% of the responses were just doing the practice. Mm -hmm. And, and to me, I mean, that that's telling, you know, it's telling in a lot of different ways. Cause first of all, I, I just don't think that the people, people are really getting educated in the, the way that they need to. And a part of that's on them. And part of that's on the teacher. You know, we need, as a, as a student of meditation, you, you should want to kind of, you want to seek it out. You want to know what it is to the, to the fullest. You want to kind of dive into it. Um, but then on, on the teaching end, it's like, you know, you got to give people um, an understanding of what they're actually going to be doing in there. You can't just tell them to breathe or sit still can't give these general kind of just content instructions that don't have any context to them. Right. So it's like, if people don't enjoy the practice, they're not going to do it. You know, if people don't know how to do the practice, they're not going to have any success with it. And it's going to be very difficult to get a practice started. One thing about meditation too, that differs from a physical practice is the quote unquote results are not as mm -hmm. evident or visible. So it's like, you jump from A to Z in your mind instead of recognizing that the incremental still exists. They're just not as tangible. And I think even for myself, that's difficult to grasp because you're not as connected to progress or it's less linear. And because of that roundedness, it can be hard to find an access point where you can stay true. So the, the guiding of the practice, it's seems like a teacher more so than an other embodiment practice it was, would be really crucial for this kind of, yeah. Um, yeah. 100%. We're such like an externally oriented culture mm -hmm. of what things look like. And, and, and even just think about it. I mean, when we learn how to do stuff, it helps tremendously to see someone else do it. 
or to see what it should look like. You know, I know that, you know, in yoga, you're not supposed to like look at other people to see what it should look like, but it is helpful to yeah. some people to like see what the pose is supposed to look like and to kind of feel your way into it from there, as opposed to just getting it talked talk through it. But you can't really show people what to do in meditation. It, it has to be an internal experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it is this internal experience and I can't show you what's going on in my mind. I can't show you how I'm kind of working with my mind and playing with it in order to guide myself into this meditative state or into this state of being. So we, can, can you like let us in a little bit on your approach to how you work one-on-one -on -one with people or in like the 21 day challenge that I, I participated in, like what your approach is in that, like, because there is that kind of mysterious, like, what's going on? What am I supposed to be doing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, my my practice is more, uh, you could even consider it a little bit of an energy practice because it's more about an emotional or a feeling state. Mm -hmm. So I mean, talk about embodiment. I mean, that is embodiment, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's not a thinking practice. It's not, it is working with your mind and you're working with it on on different levels of mind, different layers of mind. And in fact, when you do start the practice, there is a bit of thinking involved. And in, in, in my style of meditation, it's a mantra practice. Um, and although the mantra can be a word, it doesn't have to be. It could be an image of something. Mm -hmm. But you're, you're, you are kind of, listen, there's this, this, this thing in meditation that you're going to be doing. It's, it's just like everything, just like breath is inhalation and exhalation. There's kind of this catch and release process where you're going to be kind of focusing, you're guiding your attention to a mantra or some kind of object of focus, and you're going to lose that at some point. That's just the nature of mind. The thoughts are going to come up or whatever. You're going to be distracted. A sound comes up external to you. It doesn't have to always be internal. You're going to be distracted. And the point is to learn how to let go of the distractions too to allow those to be more like background noise and for the the thing that you actually want to be intending to to focus on is more like an engrossing television show or you know you don't have any problem like being engrossed in a really good Netflix series for example but like that's almost a form of meditation it's I like feel like I can't even do that anymore I feel like <laughs> I am so well, you're just lying. that I like need to be scrolling through Instagram while I watch TV like my I am just <laughs> I, I, I wish I could just watch a show. Like that. well, that's it though. But then, but then, I mean, Instagram for you too is, is, is that it's that thing that pulls you in. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's still that, that kind of level of focus happening in our lives at all time. There's that level of focus that's happening. Mm -hmm. It's just whether or not we have more or less control over control over it in a way that we want to, you know, use it. Right. It's like, if you want to watch the show, then then great like what you know but if you feel like you're being distracted because it's you know or but if you really find the instagram more enjoyable then there's no problem with that then that's just like where your attention's just naturally going to go it's only like if you get up, upset about it it's like oh boy i really should be watching well you, you don't need to watch the netflix so who cares and Maybe that's you're like just something I, i've come to it's like you know what my intention span is not 23 minutes it's 23 seconds i'm just gonna watch reels like that's where i am at my life right now exactly your platform yeah and i was just you know it's, yeah. it's what I have going on in my life. <laughs> it sounds to me like choice making is a big part mm -hmm. of that. Is that something that's present for you Absolutely. during the meditation practice? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the goal of yoga, the goal of meditation is to show us this ultimate freedom that we have. That, and, and, and it goes much deeper than just, you know, thought choice of like what, 
what we would prefer to do and preferences and all of that kind of stuff. It, it goes much deeper than that, but at a real kind of usable practical level, I mean, it shows us that we have the ability to put our attention on whatever we choose to at any moment, you know, no matter mm -hmm. how intense that thing is, we have the ability to interpret it in a certain way and place our attention on it in a certain way. Because it's not even that like, you know, if, if something bad happens, it's not like we have to immediately think that it's it's good. It's just that we don't have to be so resistant to it. You know, is there a way that we can kind of welcoming welcome in these experiences that we typically, you know, don't enjoy or find a little bit more uncomfortable in such a way that that allows us to start to develop a new relationship with it. So in, in my in my practice, too, you know, like I said, there along with this catch and release, this kind of cycling bit of it, where you're going away from your object to focus and you're coming back to it gently, um, you're working through the layers of mind too. So you start with a thinking mind, you start with a thought, and then you start to understand that like, oh wait, I actually have a relationship to this thought. Like thoughts mm -hmm. actually cause me to have an emotional connection in some way. Like the, we, we all, we're gonna relate differently to everything. We're all so unique as individuals, but, we're going to relate differently to this, these words um, or these ideas or these images, these concepts. And um, the idea is to uh, you know, focus on the things that ultimately are bringing about positive sensation, positive mm -hmm. feeling. And then once we get there, hopefully we can kind of stay more focused in that. <laughs> in that Which, is really, Which is really interesting because I feel like that is different than some of the meditation practices and techniques and approaches that I've been introduced to throughout the years where it's like, you're not, I mean, I, I don't hear you say you're chasing positivity, but like positivity isn't like a goal. It's more just like noticing and, um, and there almost seems like there's this like need to be like kind of ardent and almost like unpleasant in your, like in some, like in the Zen Buddhist tradition, like my understanding is like, you just sit in this one prescribed position. And if things don't feel good, you just stay sitting in that uncomfortable yeah. position, which just seems like austere. Why? <laughs> yeah, no, I think, so this is a thing. I mean, it's, and, and, it, and the thing is, is I see it from top to bottom in terms of in terms of you have these meditation influencers, for lack of a better word, really like kind of renowned teachers even saying mm -hmm. stuff about how meditation, you know, they don't say it explicitly like this, but like they're kind of building up endurance, mental endurance yeah. to like pain almost. And and you know, it's like, do you really want to just build up an endurance to stuff is that is that the purpose mm -hmm. of the practice? not in my opinion i mean i don't think that it's meditation is gonna i mean maybe that's a side effect of it is that you you're more tolerant of stuff but that's different than like enduring you know yeah. and just like kind of breaking through a physical barrier or a mental barrier or something like that. that that's more journey to power in my opinion but uh <laughs> but but yeah it's not it's definitely not about it's not about that in fact and I mentioned this in the, the program again, like the two principles, where those two principles coming from um, that I mentioned, which is recognizing what is and, and allowing mm -hmm. uh, another way to put that, that would be like non-forcing kind of yeah. becoming non-resistant to things. Those are, those are the first two yamas. Those are ahimsa mm -hmm. and satya. That's how I learned them. Satya is kind of loving what is, like mm -hmm. not 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 just uh, being welcoming of it, but actually like loving what is because 
it's beautiful. It's ever expanding. It's ever evolving. I've never heard that definition. I've always heard it as yeah, like truthfulness really or honesty. Beautiful. That's like, and that, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't take credit for this. It's not like I came up with this. I'm, I'm learning this stuff from, from my teacher. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he is, yeah, he's an incredible teacher, to be honest. I mean, he studied this stuff his whole life and mm-hmm. he's, he's lived yoga and he's been able to, you know, translate the sutras in a really understandable way for, for me. And, um, and he says, you know, ahimsa is basically non-forcing. It's, it's not yeah. necessarily non, I mean, it's non-violence because why would you be violent? Uh, but it's more about cooperation um, and living that way. You know, the yamas are, are practice to be lived. There are principles. There's a behavior to them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a value to them. There's a there's a principle to them. And so bringing those principles, those values, and then acting accordingly, you know, that that is living the yoga. That That's yeah. kind of living the meditation. So when I'm working with people one-on-one, too, that, that that's part of it. You know, it's like, how can we kind of use ahimsa and satya specifically because if you have those two you're really practicing all of the the yamas (laughs) it's it's a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing the way it works like that but um you know how can we bring those values into your life and then with how the the stressors that you're actually dealing with the things that you're that that you're you're thinking about that are giving you a hard time it's like how can we bring these elements to your actual life and see how that transforms it because inevitably it does (laughs) yeah I've been thinking so much about that, about, you know, all of these, like how much of the way I'm operating is because it's what I think I should be doing and what society has kind of informed me to be doing versus like what I inherently want to be doing. And this has just been like what's driving me over the past few weeks. And um, I totally lost my train of thought. (laughs) I need to start meditating more. But um, I know what it was. I know what it was. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was talking to my therapist this week. And about like why I've always resisted meditation where it's just like I can I can have like kind of an intuitive sense of like what I need and I can be self-reflective and I can be mindful. But the act of like sitting in meditation feels awful to me. Like I just sit and I just want to go like scream inside. I just like don't like it. Um, And there'll be moments where I, I get like tricked into sitting for 20 minutes. Like my, my, my yoga teacher will often start her longer practice with a 20 minute sit, but you don't know you're going in for a 20 minute sit. Mm-hmm. And then there are like times where I've gone to classes at CIMC and they're like, okay, now I'm going to set the timer for 20 minutes. And I'm like, no, that's too many minutes. <laughs> um, and I realized the reason I've been so resistant to meditation is because it feels so unproductive and I'm, a, I've been addicted to productivity wow. So just like shifting that, like, I don't need to, like, not every minute of my day needs to like have an outcome, have an end goal. And just like Helen was saying earlier, like, it's a, it's a practice that doesn't have these like obvious immediate benefits. What an aha moment, Danielle. Yeah. And I, I would, I would continue to look at that idea too. Like, what is, what is productivity for you? You know, what, what does that look like? What does that mean? Because, um, you know, the, the, everything in in this kind of physical world is is always changing, and mm-hmm. um, you know there is an there's there's an end to the physical world in the sense that you know we're not going to be inhabiting these bodies always. Nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> to what end are we? What what is the productivity for? You know mm-hmm. what what are? And I'm not saying I'm not against productivity, of course. Like I I think it's it's good to be productive in, in your life and, and you should feel good about whatever you're producing too. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but the productivity is like, well, what are we actually creating and what is this creating internally for us? And what is this creating externally in our lives? And um, are these things actually in line with what we want? Like on an internal level, are these things something that we want? You know, because you mentioned a great point. It's like we, we, we've learned so much over the course of our lives about how, why we're producing stuff, you know, we're, mm -hmm. we're producing it because that's what a good, good worker, does, a good American yeah. does. Is, is, <laughs> it, but that's within this system. You're yep. working within the system. And what's so beautiful about, you know, practices like yoga and, and meditation are, are, are that you can start to realize that you actually are empowered here to, to work within your own system. It's like the yamas are actually what the yamas are is actually like a personal culture that we're following that that you don't actually have to i mean you can still live within society in a certain culture but you can live through your own culture and and your own like kind of ethos right mm -hmm. and that's a really empowering thing it's like when you can actually and it's so hard it's so hard because we have this resistance to trusting ourselves to oh, trust it, like trusting our gut to trust so much ourselves. so yeah. Oh, yeah. And the seed for me was like, you know, in the past, you know, six months, year, I've been doing anti-racism work. And like, you realize like how much of our, like how much latent information you've been led to believe that is not true. Just all of this, like, of course, I don't believe that like people's race make them better or worse than, but like, there's so many subconscious things that you just do and think because of decades of programming yeah. So when you step back and start to do this anti-racism work, and you're, which is so hard to untangle and unpack because like you never wanted that information there. It just is. It's false and it's there. It's part of you because you've been led to believe it. And then I was like, wait, there, there must be other things in my life that I've been led to believe, you know, beyond, yeah. you know, this, this work. And it's, I just feel like I'm in this like untangling of like, why do I believe what I believe? And what do I actually want to believe? That's a, that's a good entangling to get into. <laughs> it's, it sounds like you're describing too is this, and, and you as well, Danielle, this process of alignment mm -hmm. where you're kind of recalibrating, well, first deconstructing, removing what's not yours and establishing what is and what isn't, and then looking at what is yours and really starting to kind of let the process work itself. Yeah. Which I think that not the non- action or the non-application of letting the process do its thing is for me sometimes the hardest because we think that involvement equals res results mm -hmm. in quotation whereas just being on the being in it is really the reward in itself yeah so many good things there i mean uh, first of all what what's the result that you're looking for right you know, what, what actually is the result that, that you want? Is it a physical result? Okay. Well, that's one thing. Or is it a kind of feeling of something? It's like, you know, take a look at something like success, right? When you think about success is what, what kind of things do you think about? Well, I guess I'm kind of leading you somewhere when I say what, what kind of things do you think about, but it's oftentimes like a physical, mm -hmm. there's a physical picture that comes to mind of what I think success is and whether it's a picture of me in this hypothetical situation of you know, some version of myself or whether it's another person that we kind of hold up to be this figure of success or is but but in reality I mean success is a feeling I mean everything is kind of a feeling in a way <laughs> success is a feeling though I mean it's, it's never the things that are going to bring you a sense of being or a sense of feeling 
I mean, they can influence you, but only if you let them, really. <laughs> and right. That's, and that's I think there's this point. inherent, like when you're chasing success rather than just like being in your 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 accomplishments, like you're never going to be happy. You're always just going to be like, I've been watching yeah. a lot of minimalism documentaries this weekend, if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> just like want to get oh, rid wow. of everything. <laughs> yeah. It'll make you want to do that. Well, then. No, that's very true. It's like we, I think, again, it's like when we're in a culture of, of journey to power of this idea of that, or I'm sorry, I keep going back to that. For reference, journey to power is the Baron Baptiste <laughs> method of yoga. Which is just not like yoga, but it's a journey to power. You know, yoga is not about overpowering. Power. It's not yeah. about, you know, it's about cooperation. It's about, you know, learning to love what is it's you don't have to overcome anything to get there it's so silly um but anyways uh, but it's great workout i i mean i'm it's also i'm sure it's also provides really good physiological benefits to your body and i'm not again i'm not getting out against i'm not getting yeah and, and i think it has or anything like great that great mental I'm, benefits too like it's not you sure know, it like is. you're saying like for me i've always like i you know i'm always i'm all about like functional movement and moving your tissue in different ways like that's the way i sequence but I know that people who've experienced trauma, they like, it's really important. And just people who tend to be more type A and in control, like really gravitate toward that set sequence of like showing up on your mat and knowing exactly what's going to happen in those 60 to 90 minutes. It's like very comforting um, to feel like you're in this kind of meditative state where it's like, I know people who take my class, they're like, why do you want me to go from that post to that post? Like, I don't know how to, you know, like you have to pay attention. Which people yeah. don't always like to do. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're kind of, I, I mean, both, you can have curiosity in both, but it right. sounds like you're kind of more interested in that expo exploration as you go. Whereas, yeah, I, I think it can, you know, something like Journey to Power or Baptiste can can provide you with this kind of container for you to mm -hmm. feel empowered within. And I think that that's important for a lot of people too. And also a container to check in with your body. Like, you know, yeah. like, if I teach a wildly different sequence on Monday and Friday, you don't really have the same benchmark of like going to Baptiste three times a week and just knowing it's going to be the same and just experiencing your body in that sequence. Yeah. Experiencing how your body evolves too. Right? Yeah. I also like, I had to co-teach teacher trainings that were co-led by Baptiste teachers and not, and like, I'm, I'm so far from it, but I always have to be like, but there's benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there are, there are. There's a lot of, I mean, it's just different strokes for different folks. I think whatever gets you to come out of the hustle and bustle of the day and like do something with intention, like whether it's sitting for 15 minutes, whether it's sweating your ass off in a yoga room, whether it's, you know, rolling around on some blankets and bolsters, like it's, there's so much benefit to all of that if it's just done with intention and mindfulness. Absolutely, absolutely. It sounds like that consistency too is in terms of set sequences would be present in a meditation practice. Yeah, in a way. I mean, I kind of, I, I kind of go into it in a, in a similar way each time, you know, the way that I, I, I find my way into the practice. That being said, I mean, just like in yoga, you're always going to, or just in the asana practice, right? You're always going to find different aspects of what, what your body needs that day. And, you know, again satya if satya is loving what is you're 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 going to be encountering different emotions too so mm -hmm. I, I think um the thing the, the consistency thing is, is definitely key you know with mm -hmm. whatever you're doing whether it's whether whether it's meditation or whether it's um exercise or 
whether it's getting good at writing or, or dancing or, you know, whatever activity, it's like consistency is always going to be a, a huge key to that practice. That's the only way that you're going to really find momentum in there and you're going to really see strong changes. I mean, we're all, we all are going to have things that we're naturally good at um, or naturally better at in our life. Um, but, but the only way for us to really find progress and to continue to, to kind of learn and, and be challenged as if we keep going into it every single day and, and discover. And, and also, you know, I think letting go of results is an important thing in, in this too. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> why, you know, again, it's like we can have a result in mind that we'd like to, to get towards, you know, we have a reason for doing it. I think desires are really a good thing. So long as that they're coming from an actual, like, place of feeling like yeah like i really am actually interested in this thing i really want this this thing like there's this just i'm being drawn to it you know that that's the essence not like thinking about okay well what should i want now at this Mm -hmm. point in my life what should i you know be aspiring to or whatever that's never going to lead us in the right directions but by all means you should follow it to an extent and see how it feels you know what i mean yeah it's like if you're drawn to do something and you can't really assess out like, well, I don't know, am I like overthinking this or is it like actually a desire for me to do it? Like go figure it out because you're going to learn something for sure. Uh, either way, <laughs> when you follow it to its full extent, you're always going to learn something about like, what, you know, what was what what does this mean to me? You know, what, what, where do I fit in this? And you're going to have a better understanding of it, too. <laughs> so not to. Well, um project my experiences onto you. But I feel like for many people, myself included, like yoga is a, a relatively accessible. Like you're in your body, you're moving, you're breathing. There's like different anchor points to tap into over a 60 plus minute experience. Whereas I've found that many people find meditation an inherently frustrating experience or like not in, you know, and I was talking to my therapist this week and I was just like, well, like, why don't I not like meditation? He was like, nobody does. Like, you're not programmed to like it. Like, it's kind of going up against your nature. So, like, at what moment for you where you're like, oh, this is my thing. This is going to be the thing that I do. Like, when did it, like, was there a moment where you're like, yeah, or? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because I guess at, at first it was from a thought perspective of like, oh, yeah, like, this would make sense to me. Like, I, if I'm interested in yoga like i'd also like to teach meditation like wouldn't that be novel you know (laughs) like of course that makes Mm -hmm. sense for me to do those two things um but you know uh to to be honest like the first couple of years of my practice i was not necessarily enjoying my practice i was doing Mm -hmm. it out of pure stubbornness to a certain degree i mean i was seeing some small shifts in how i was feeling psychologically and and again like my practice was 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 more so um kind of the the buddhist vipassana cimc mm-hmm. route of of enduring <laughs> endurance training for the mind um and that and that's what i thought it was uh and um you know that again that got me i was i've always been kind of a calm person though and i've always been pretty tolerant of people mm-hmm. um but yeah i, I when i when i first started it's, i've been working with my teacher now for Close a little uh, close to three years, I guess. Who's your, who's your teacher? Um, Dennis Young. He's in Arlington, and um, yeah, he's he's he studied with some really great yogis like uh, 
Maharishi Mahesh Yogi and Muktananda and Satchitananda. And he, uh, you know, he, he was back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, back in that time when kind of yoga was just starting to explode in, in the first the wave. Western, the first, the <laughs> first mm-hmm. wave. The first wave. The first Western sure. wave. Um, <laughs> And him being in the ground level of all of those things was really enlightening too, because he could, he, you know, he, he has always been one, it seems like, to really trust him himself in all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't necessarily just been following gurus blindly. That's not how he knows what he knows. And he, he, he saw kind of the, you know, what, what can turn into cults, mm-hmm. cultiness cultiness and and those kind of things and, and definitely got out when he needed to. Anyways, but um uh but yeah now now i've lost where i'm going what, 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 what... <laughs> so when when did it click for you when did meditation become your um yes when i started working with him that's what i was talking about him. Yeah, when, yeah, yeah. When, I, when i started working with him he was able to talk about these concepts in a way that really resonated with me that actually made sense you know before i'm reading these books mm-hmm. um and I won't, I won't name them because then people will be like, oh, I should go read that book. But I, <laughs> I was reading these books and they were giving me, you know, again, like kind of content without context. They were like, mm-hmm. like do this kind of thing. like do this. But meditation is such a thing. I, I mean, I've had to work with him for years, like in, in a very in, consistently over mm-hmm. years. And mm-hmm. that's the only way that I've been able to dive deep enough that I feel like I'm just starting to be able to have an understanding of how to like teach this to someone, you know? Yeah. Um, but that is when, when I started working with him is like, really just opened me up in a different way. I was having, I was experiencing meditation differently in my practice. And Mm -hmm. I really started to see through some of the BS that we have in, in, in our, that we encounter in our life, you know, and I started asking the, I started following those questions that I'd always been interested in of like, where do we come from? Why are we here? Kind of stuff, like a little bit more fully to the end mm-hmm. and just having someone to talk to who's kind of been there and, and done that and, and, you know, has a good understanding of a system that, that works. Yoga is a good system to kind of live your life by. And he's practiced it for so long that, that it really helps to, um, yeah, cut through some of the bullshit and feel a little bit more inspired to, to be committed and, and more aligned with yourself. Helena mentioned that at one point too, this idea of alignment of, of self. I think in, integrity is a big part of it because you know, no one's making us do anything in this world so much as, so much as we'd like to to make it out to be for ourselves right i know there's so few things that you actually have to do is something i've been thinking about like yeah we we like to outsource pressure don't we we? do do. (laughs) we're like we're like oh no i have to get this done and i just found out this morning that taxes got delayed a month we have an extra month to to file taxes did you know that like that's great that's the only thing you have to do and you have an extra month to do it this year and i've known people who don't even do that so you know again I don't know. I love I mean, following rules. I'm, I'm always going to file taxes. No, and of course, there's repercussions to everything, you know, whether we're we're doing things or not. And I'm not trying to say that, you know, I'm, uh, I, I might sound like a heathen, but I think that you should do what feels good to you, you know, and follow that. And, and, but look at like what the things that you think feel good to you, like, look at why that is, you know, what is it about that, that those things that, that feel good, you know, and why does it feel good to you? And well, does, does that make sense? There's a, I think there's a huge amount of self-inquiry necessary to actually be honest about what feels good to you. Because like, I love pizza. Yeah. Does eating an entire pizza f- feel good? No. Good <laughs> you know, like in the, in the moment it does, but like, 
yeah you know, once you get beyond slice three it starts you it's all down you know there's the right. diminishing returns <laughs> right nothing to that state of long form feel good yeah yeah and the idea of future self too mm. i guess that sort of plays into any positive habit it's like it's an investment in the future version of yourself or in future contributions and that's a hard nugget to grasp when you're maybe not feeling grounded in the present yeah meditation seems like the ultimate investment in future future self it is it is a practice i mean but uh, the way that i the the way that i think about it is again it's the results that you're going to experience it's not it's it's just different because it infuses you you know it's not like you're it's not being a, a woodworker and then at the end of the day you know you've built this chair right it's like it just doesn't work like that it's like mm-hmm. this is um how you live it becomes how you live and how you live it's gonna take some time because you've been living how you've been living for your whole life <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's like we can't expect these things to 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 change like that when that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the scope of our life and how we are of course it's not an on off switch and we're all going to be again we're all so unique and we've all had such unique life experiences that it's impossible to compare ourselves and to say that I should be at a certain point in my practice or in my Mm -hmm. life or whatever it is. It's just apples and oranges. Every single one of us, we're all just different fruit or whatever you want to call it. We're all just, it's like we're all different animals to a certain degree. I mean, we're all the same species, but we're all an individual animal. And while there's this like collective oneness, you know, whatever that underlying that soul, that whatever you want to call it, God, energy <laughs> there is that connecting point but but we're all going to experience it uh, completely differently and it's it's like i think for a long time what i'm really just coming to realize is for a long time i've wanted there to be some kind of prescription for my life like there's mm. like I, I, for a long time i was seeing my teacher to get his advice on stuff and to get his guidance and stuff like that. And it's, it killed me too, because he would always be like, well, there's no right or wrong answer to this question that you have, mm-hmm. you know, like, no, but just tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but which one's so more there is. right? <laughs> Which one's going to give me a better result? Well, they're going to give you different results and you're going to learn from both of them. So it's like, but if you were me, which would you pick? (laughs) I've had conversations with them for quite a long time, but now I'm recognizing it's like, oh, wow. Right. No, life isn't prescriptive. I can't, I can't, I can't get just an answer that's going to bring me exactly what I need. What I need is for me to just continuously be unfolding and evolving because that's mm-hmm. what I I mean that's what life I've just is. been thinking about lately just like peeling the onion just like yeah fucking peeling away the onion and it's it's so incredibly freeing and exciting and totally horrifying it can be yeah it's a little scary <laughs> sure like I can do whatever I want yeah well there's there's that level and then it's like well what are you going to find you know what like with your that with the um anti-racist work that you said you're doing it's like you kind of realize these things about yourself or the, the culture that you live in that are just kind of just beyond sad you know it's just kind of uh it just gives you a terrible feeling right it's like i can't believe i'm I, i've been living a part of this this culture right. and that we have such high opinions of ourselves and that we feel like that we're, yeah. we're so great in all of these things. And it's like, well, really are we though? It's like, well, I voted for Biden and grew up Unitarian, so I can't be racist. And I was like, Oh yeah. shit, no, I can. I just have yeah. to like do a lot of work to, to untangle all that. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a certain, um, there's a certain amount of work in the sense of reflection, right. Mm-hmm. 
And um, in, in the long run, I, I, I think that the work that we have to do is to really kind of look deeply at ourselves. And again, it's, it's, not, it's not something that, that's going to be for everyone. Not everyone's going to decide to do this and we can't make everyone do, do, do that kind of stuff. It's just Maybe not, not in this lifetime. Not in this lifetime. <laughs> not in this lifetime. Definitely not. Maybe a few down uh, there. Well, so it, <laughs> I thought I had earlier when you were like, well, I'm not here to mass, you know, produce meditation or whatever. I So I used to live and teach English in Thailand and they were taught meditation in school. It was just like yeah. part of yeah. what you do. It's part of the curriculum. Like you learn about the history of Buddha. It's kind of like going to a Catholic school and learning to pray. It's like you go to public Thai school and you learn about the Buddha and you meditate every day. Like, and you know, every country has its problems, but like, I do just feel like people are inherently more happy over there in my experience. Like people just seem to be more laid back and happier and have like a different, there's not that same like drive to like do, do, do. People are like, they're okay doing a little less and just living a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it doesn't sound like a bad thing. That's for sure. No, no. <laughs> I mean, Josh, I'm curious on a somewhat related note, how you parse out having your own meditation practice and your own relationship with yourself and your teacher, and then what it means to be a teacher to others, because I think there, those are two very different things, even though they're connected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess they are and they aren't in, in the sense that, I mean, I, I I kind of have it. I've been hesitating to even call myself a teacher in any of the social medias or any of my kind of content that I put out about this. I I really feel like there's this nature of of coaching which I like better than teaching because it's not like I have the answers at this point. And I feel like um, the teacher teacher student relationship is one that is like the student listens, the teacher talks, and that's there's this kind of Important hierarchy. Yeah, there's a hierarchy there. Yeah. And for me, I, I I don't really it doesn't feel comfortable to me, and it doesn't it doesn't re, that doesn't resonate with me. It's like I I really um I feel like I can only teach so much as I've experienced. And again, like coming from my own authority, coming from my own experience, coming from my own knowledge and lived experience. Um, that's that's all I can share. And you know, the people that are going to resonate with that it's going to be much smaller because I'm not like trying to make it this big thing. Um, but, I, uh, yeah, but I'm hoping that the people that do resonate with it um, will also be able to have a similar type of, of shift in their life that I've experienced. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so the, the student teacher thing, it, it, it is kind of, it's kind of an interesting, I, I guess they are separate and different. But I, I feel like I am, I am kind of just able to, guide people by giving them what concrete, what foundational techniques have worked, what principles have worked in my life and encouraging them to kind of look at it um, for themselves and to test it themselves. And, and mm -hmm. my goal is for them to feel more comfortable with them, their experience being their own teacher, just as I'm becoming more comfortable with my experience being my own teacher, I want others to to kind of get around to that idea as a possibility, at least, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful to have the clarity of that from the get-go, too, because especially in this current culture of yoga meditation booming, we really pin the responsibility on 
the teacher, I think, or on the uh, on who's ever guiding you versus in your own process of learning and unlearning. So it's nice to establish like you are joining me because you're going to be choosing to experience something for yourself. And we're doing it together, not because I'm telling you how to do it. And like, and you were mentioning this before, like people who practice yoga and meditation are not immune to being a human. And like when you give someone power in that guru mindset, like it is toxic. It is highly problematic. So it's like, and unfortunately feels natural to give the power. It feels natural and it's 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 rampant in the yoga and meditation world and it's 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 horrifying where you're like putting your trust in somebody but it's like like you're saying it's like put your trust in yourself and then learn who to learn from or learn how to learn. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah, I mean tr- trust yourself that I mean if if everyone was more trusting of themselves from the get go, I mean they would kind of I, I think that they would kind of see the, in well, I don't even know, the lack of integrity, I guess, is what it is from some people. Um, But it is, it's it's hard. Shave away the veneer, the shiny uh, veneer. (laughs) I mean, but that that thing, I I mean, I think what's, you know, maybe even what's more important than teaching meditation to kids is, is just teaching them the ideas of, you know, listening to yourself and like, what, Mm -hmm. what, what does it mean to be an embodied human? You know, like, like that. We shouldn't be, it's, it's, it's hard because you can't, you can't just like stick this into part of the curriculum. It's like the whole thing needs to just change in so many different ways. And in a way it's like, you know, if, if, if meditation just became part of the curriculum, it wouldn't have the same result. It's not like, I, I think it's more of a cultural thing. Was it in Thailand? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Or Vietnam? Yeah. Thailand. Yeah. Um, like, I think it's more of a cultural thing. It's built into their culture. And obviously their, their school system is going to be a little bit different because of that. Now, obviously, I, I, I imagine that. I mean, they also use corporal punishment and hit their students. Like, they're not perfect over there. Sure, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's a, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> right. Well, but for their culture, you know, that's, uh, I don't know, that's what's normal. Same, same, but different. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's doesn't mean that's yeah. necessarily useful, but um, it, it gets a result. I'm sure it gets a result. It does, yeah. um, but it, I, I think that we're, we just live in such an interesting time because uh, there's just so much, there's so much information out there. And I think that people do, I think that people want to end their suffering. I just think that they just don't, they don't know how to do that. And they don't. On Amazon, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I don't have to wait. Right? All the answers. <laughs> you just, you haven't bought the right thing yet, Josh. That's yeah, how you end your suffering. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and it's just hard. I mean, we, we, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, it's so funny that we, you know, we pay, people pay to have cable. We pay to get people to sell it, like for people to sell us on stuff. You know, we watch yeah. So many people watch cable still, you know, it's like I pay for Netflix or Hulu or whatever and to, to get away from the commercials, you know, so I don't have to put up with them. But mm. then, you know, you pay for cable and it's like you're still going to get 30 minutes of ads every hour or whatever it is. I don't know. It's close it's like to that. It's got 18 to minutes, up. I think. Right <laughs> sure. Right. <laughs> well, somewhat less. But, um, but yeah, it's a lot. Right. It's a uh, it's 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 crazy how much we're being kind of sold. And that's what, I mean, that's what influencers are too. And Yeah. I was just going to say, coming back full circle to the social media, it's like, 
it's one thing to watch, you know, eight o'clock primetime TV and just get the ads that everyone's getting. It's another thing to go on your phone and get ads for, you know, the jogger pants that they know I like and um, yoga things that I might like. And, you know, when I was searching for a therapist, I was getting ads for like every kind of therapy and online, you know, this and that. And like, it's just to be known, to be seen and known, but then sold and preyed on. It's, it's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That is one way to, that's, I mean, I, I agree. (laughs) That's our world. the, The impulse behind it is, is, is not, it's not a good one. Yeah. And, you know, it's because we don't want to sit back and, and sit for five, 10, 20 minutes a day and like kind of tap in and, and have that, that kind of long term benefit of, of just maybe contentment. We, we're we always searching for that, like quick fix, that instant gratification, that two day shipping yeah. and being excited about an object for a week and then buying the next object and being excited about it for a week. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I mean, and, and then, you know, I don't have to put up with the the ads i'll just scroll on my phone <laughs> in between commercials right <laughs> there's always yeah. something for us to be distracted by you know yeah. and and it's it i was thinking about distractions too and it's like in in a way you know yeah we're using all of this stuff to kind of distract ourselves from actually what's going on in our own head and it in a way our our thoughts are distracting us too you know from mm-hmm. from what we we actually really feel and what we feel like we ought to do or feel like is best for us. You know, our thoughts are kind of distracting. And so we kind of distract ourselves from the distraction of the thoughts. But um, it, it is really wonderful to know um, that you, you do have, you do have some uh, guidance over our thoughts. You do have, you do have some control over. over yeah. I mean, we do, we can take accountability here. You know, it's not, uh, yeah. When, it's when we can really agency. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. When you can live that, that's that's really again. I've said it three times, but it's really empowering to know that it really is. Somebody asked the question the other day: Are you a net speaker or a net listener? Mm. And I, it made me really reflect on what listening means because I feel that I fall more in that category, and then sort of removing any judgment for maybe not participating in speech as. Much as the norm, mm. but it, I always feel really grateful after a meditation practice because it is like for me the essence of what listening is. It's like, oh, I just listen to myself, and we go, we spend the whole day trying to distract ourselves from just listening. So it's it, there's something that is so gratifying on a core level to just listen. Mm-hmm. It's like that's all we want is to be listening to ourselves, and we 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 sell out in that area. And um, yeah, it's easy to to add to cart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, listening is a listening is a huge part, and and you know tuning into what it is that we're actually listening to, right? Yes. Whether and if those things aren't what we want to be, if you know, if the little TV in our head isn't playing the channel that we want it to, it's like, well, we do have the agency and the power to change the channel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to necessarily be an easy thing that you know those commercials are going to keep coming back. You know, <laughs> but but and to ultimately be our own channel. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it's something as simple as just like turning off your screen and going for a walk, like being outside. Like yeah. it doesn't always have to be yeah. the most profound, like mindset shift, but it could just be like, let me just walk around the block for 20 minutes and like 
not be totally. sucked into that world. I've yeah. really noticed that recently too, because now that the weather has started to warm up, mm. I've been taking more walks and it's, it's incredible how your mind just starts thinking differently or just starts operating a little bit differently when there's no walls around you. Like there's no, yeah. skill, there's no walls. It's mm. almost like that is like a symbolic thing that kind of, I don't know. It do, I feel like it does impact it uh, to a certain de degree for, for a lot of folks myself included clearly but when i get outside i also feel like I, thoughts tend to flow a little bit more when i'm moving my body i love mm -hmm. I mean, walking is a great way to get oh yeah the energy is moving for sure or yoga Hello. Helen and I always talk about how walking is like our, our we're, we're old yeah. souls who who believe walking is one of the the most underrated forms of movement <laughs> it, it, it is i mean it's what we're our body we're born to walk design. yeah exactly it's like, yeah it's like the one thing that that, that we we all should have some a good handling on, you know. <laughs> but so even, what, you know, how is it? Uh, sorry, just just to go off of this. I mean, I think walking is an interesting thing as a as a way to discuss meditation too, mm. or uh, in terms of like, or just of learning anything. It's like when you're learning to walk as a kid, it's not you're not taught theory first. It's all <laughs> it's, it's a felt thing, right? Yeah. The direct experience of it always. It's always there, right? But dad, it's can you break like, down the uh, the like yeah, the mechanics of like the folding of the joints hurts. and the the kickoff of the Achilles? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So you have to like feel the balance on the heel and then feel when it shifts. <laughs> if someone did that to you, you know, obviously a kid wouldn't even get it. But if you did that to to someone who is learning to walk a second time later in their life, you know, none of that stuff is actually useful. You could read a million books about how to walk and that doesn't tell you anything about it. It's like, you actually have to stand up and, and try it. You have to feel the balance of your body. You have to understand, you know, it doesn't matter if you know the the anatomy of, of your body and, and what joints and, and muscles are moving. None of that stuff. Unless you're really into that and it's exciting for you. I'm not saying that. <laughs> Unless you spend four years in a BFA program studying. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. It can be really beautiful and interesting to study that stuff. And But that's just one way to look at it, right? That's, that's one way to experience it. And then there's others, this, this direct experience of it, which is actually from a feeling perspective. The, the direct experience is always going to be an embodied experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it's always going to be a feeling. It's never going to be a really even a thought experience. It's going to be a felt experience. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> so, Jeff, what's... No, I'm just sitting with that for a second. <laughs> so what's, in, what's inspiring you these days? It could be in terms of your, your work and your meditation or just, like, life. Is there anything that's... Yeah, I mean, inspired me, by in this moment of history? <laughs> in this moment of history. Um for me, I, I have, I've kind of recommitted to uh, learning more deeply the, the, what I'm actually teaching. <laughs> I know it sounds kind of weird, right? Um, but uh, I've, I'm kind of committing myself to, I'm working with my teacher even more and um, really diving into some of these more, I mean, they're more like academic texts. I feel like yeah. I'm back in college to a certain extent, but reading, you know, I'm reading the Shiva Sutras right now. And mm. um it's so funny because these guys, these guys who write or who translate these texts, it's like they're using English words that I don't even know. And I'm having to write down all of these Sanskrit words, too, and trying to, like, keep these things straight so I can actually read these things. But um, but uh, I'm I, that's what's inspired. I feel like I'm, I'm inspired to actually, like, learn more again 
because I, I, you know, this is this is kind of a great kind of encompassing of what we've been talking about so far. But um, when I like when I did my teacher certification for meditation, mm-hmm. it was a self-guided thing. I didn't ever really even meet the teacher in person. Um, I got feedback on the papers that I would write, and we had to do a daily journal of what we were writing. And this is a few years ago when I did this, and. Um, you know, I get this piece of, I get this certificate that says I'm qualified to teach meditation now. So I'm like, great, I'm going to go teach meditation. <laughs> kind of like everybody with a 200 hour yoga teacher. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. I'm going to go teach yoga now. Um, and then you obviously start teaching it, or maybe you don't because it's difficult and you actually haven't learned what you need to learn yet. Um, but anyways, you start teaching it to some extent, right? And uh, you realize, well, some people realize that they, there's a lot, lot there's a the depth of experience goes a lot deeper than what we just got Mm -hmm. in those 200 hours or 500 hours or whatever it is right that that to a certain degree what i just learned was kind of the rule book or you know i got that kind of the written test but i haven't passed the driver's test yet and and so now i feel like i'm kind of diving into the driver's test aspect Mm -hmm. of, of of my meditation coaching or teaching whatever you want to call it and um it is for me it is also an intellectual like i'm trying to understand the foundational elements of of this of this practice better but i'm also trying to apply these to how i'm living and 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 you know again not using just i mean i'm meditating every day of course but that's the that's a formal practice that's the easy part in fact for me yeah. that's the easy part it's like now it's like can i actually like this just happened the other day it's like i ordered a new blind to put up and it's one of these ones that you don't need the mm. cord yeah you know, yeah yeah, yeah. So i got all the hardware up click it in i pull it down and it immediately just breaks like <laughs> there's, there's no retraction to this and, and i start to get heated you know i really work myself up about this for a solid five minutes i'm like what the like how like it's brand new like i the first time i use it and it breaks it's like yeah of course it does it's made in china it's the cheapest crap it was like fifty dollars from home depot of course it's gonna break like but i wasn't thinking that i was so caught up in that experience of just frustration of like yeah well i I am entitled to a blind that works you know like why i just bought this why am i not getting and you know and after 15 minutes of being upset it's like what hell am I like this doesn't feel good first of all it's not going to change it's not fixing my blind that's for sure <laughs> like we've all like, been there with so many things we've all been in that like yeah, that place. yeah but, but now I'm starting to try to be like yeah okay well no this is this is what it is first of all I'm gonna love what it is so it's actually kind of funny like the first time I pull it down and it breaks like, yeah actually if like you wrote that into a movie it would be funny like you saw a character like right course that's fucking hilarious you know and really is it that big of a deal i'm just gonna i'm just gonna return it and get a new one like it's not that big of a deal in fact i'm gonna keep everything else in the box of the new one and i'm just gonna take out the blind part of it and put it in and i'm gonna take the it's that easy you know it's like yeah. return the blind got the new one up it's great so it all, it all works out but we you know that is like the part that that's my practice now that is that's what's inspiring me every day it's like yeah. okay I, I actually get to practice all of the stuff that i'm learning every single moment of every day and can i actually kind of 
stay true to uh, this authenticity of self? Can I, can I stay true to what I'm learning? Can I stay tr true to what actually feels good? Like, can I actually ask myself in those moments of being upset or frustrated? And it's not to say that like, there's not reason there. Of course, there's some reason there, but um, you know, can I love what is and, and yeah. not just get worked up about it? Can I not get, can I kind of put my opinions to the side or the, the ways that I feel like life should be and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So that's inspiring. In your, has that in your experience been a cyclical thing or is it And let me back up is you kind of coming back to this space between the event and the response to the event does that happen cyclically for you I, I find and I ask in my own life it's like there are times where I feel really reactive and then that is what sets the stage for a more responsive time because it's like okay there's a reset needed but has there been a turning point for you where that extreme cycle happens less and less or is that still present I mean I think there's 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 always going to I think that's a good way to put it yeah I mean there's always going to be a a balance let's say right mm -hmm. and we're always going to be as as we are unfolding as this life is unfolding and for us, you know, we're, we also are evolving, you know, we're changing, our preferences are going to even change over our life, just like our taste buds kind of change every seven years or whatever it is, right? Some things, you know, we, we have to lose in order for us to kind of gain, and I don't want to really say it that way, but we lose some things and we gain some stuff. Mm -hmm. And within those like kind of loss of something or gaining of something else, there, there is a, a balance that's necessary. You know, it's almost like, I kind of like to think of integrity or, or, or alignment as like um, a Jenga blocks, right? It's <laughs> like yeah. when we lose stuff, you know, it, it there is there's always a possibility for us to find balance again, but it is going to yeah. maybe cause us to shift a little bit. And depending on where that piece is taken out of it, if it's a really foundational piece, it could really set us swinging a little bit further. Right. Um, but that's not to say that we can't come back to balance. We can't find balance no matter how many pieces are missing. Obviously it, it's actually almost more like the Jenga is like all kind of extrapolated already and we're like kind of putting the pieces back in that's how uh, i'm thinking of it you know we're kind of like building up a uh, more concrete block but as, as opposed to just taking them out from from the solid yeah. part. but and there are going to be moments mean, like, yeah, yeah, where it's just like that you're coming up against something that rub and it's like that's where you learn and that's where the practice really totally really have to put it in yeah, totally. And and I think that, 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 that the uh, resistance is good in the sense that it can it can allow us to be challenged and to grow. Right. But but when but there is a point in which our resistance is so high to something in which it, it breaks us. Right. And in, in which in which there's no there's no movement when there's when there's so much resistance that we can't move, then it's not worth doing it. I mean, that's just beating your head against the wall, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it, it, it is becoming more nuanced of an understanding of like, well, what is this act? What, what Where is this resistance coming from? Because first of all, none of it's act, 99% of the time, it's not physical resistance. No one's holding you or dragging you off to work, right? It's, 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 yeah. um, it's a mental resistance. Even when we think that like, oh, my boss said that I need to get this paper done. It's like, you know, you, you have to, you're putting that on yourself, you know? Yeah. Like that, that, that's that, that it is going to have a result whether you don't or not, you know, or whether you do or you don't. But 
um, you're ultimately kind of building in this resistance. So it's uh, the resistance isn't a bad thing, but like I said, yeah, when you get too much of it, it can it can be stuck. But it can uh, just like I think it's I think I'm remembering this correctly. But when when there's dry soil, I think that trees and roots grow more because they're searching out for water. Mm. It's like they're actually becoming more structured. They're becoming more uh, in, integral in a way. They're kind of mm. becoming more foundational when there is that little bit of challenge so that they can kind of grow in that way. Um, obviously the plant still needs water, you know, if it doesn't go with water, <laughs> if it goes without water for long enough, it's not gonna live, but, um, but uh, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so for, oh, for my experience, I didn't ever answer your question though. Is it kind of going in a circle? Is, does that make sense? That's an answer, yeah. It's kind of a circle. Yeah. yeah it's, you answered it with I metaphor. The, the yeah. <laughs> yeah, you took <laughs> Those are my favorite kinds of answers. You answered it with Jenga, Josh. Yeah, I answered it with Jenga, kind of. I do feel like though, that it, be, it does become less of a shifting. It becomes less of a big, mm. uh, uh, yeah, more of the, it's just yeah. subtler movements right yeah sure. the midline balancing it's, versus the extremities yeah it's like the the difference between going in for like uh you know getting new wheels on your car and new brakes and and the new belt and all this stuff and then just going in for an oil change you know it's like the mm -hmm. fine tuning of it is it's a, it's a little bit less it's not you know you don't need to change so many things not so many moving pieces but it's you definitely still need it though you need that kind of check-in or whatever it is. For somebody who's listening and is, is really intrigued by this conversation, but doesn't have any sort of meditation practice and is looking to dip their feet in the water, what would you say to them? Um, I, I would say, do your research and, and find something that, that works for you. You know, I, I really want to stress <laughs> I really want to stress this point. <laughs> uh, More stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meditation teacher wants to I stress. Want to emphasize this point that um, uh, again, there's no, there's no one size fits all for any of us. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's really important for you to do some research. If this is something that you actually want to do, this is actually something that you want to stay committed to. Do your research and look. The, meditation is, is is so expansive. And um, even within that expansiveness, I mean, it becomes infinite because there's different teachers and each teacher is going to communicate in a different way. So I, I most strongly recommend that you find a teacher or a coach or someone who's actually has some, some knowledge of who's been there and done some of these things, right? And who's able to speak to you in a language that you understand. And I don't just mean like in English or whatever language mm -hmm. you speak. I mean like in a way that you actually understand what they're saying. It actually you. resonates for you. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. And to get, I mean, if you, I think that um, group classes are great because you can kind of learn from one another. I think that getting direct feedback from someone um, is incredibly useful too. So um, I do encourage some kind of, um, feedback portion of it. I think that's very important for you to be able to ask questions and be like, this is what's going on in my experience. What is that? <laughs> you know, where do I go from here? And and to 
be able to continue to fine tune it. I think it's impossible to learn meditation from an app. I think it's impossible to learn meditation from just reading a book or just doing mm -hmm. guided meditations. They can be a good entry point. They can kind of build up an inspirational aspect to us, but they're not going to teach you how to, to, to meditate. So I think it's really important to get that feedback. Again, it can, it can be from anyone. That, um, I'm not saying that I, I'm going to, again, I'm not going to resonate with everyone who listens to this, but um, to find someone that does, that's a, a incredibly important. And I think that's great advice for any movement embodiment practice, like so important, like don't go to one yoga class and say you hate it. <laughs> don't yeah. go to, you know, one, one dance class and say you hate it. Like there's just, there's so many people offering so many different things in their own beautiful way. So I think that's just such great advice for, for anything you want to do and learn in any way you want to grow is find your, find your people, find your, Absolutely. find your person. Yeah. Because just like with yoga and, and meditation, it's like, I, I, I no, I touched on this before, but people say like, oh, I just find it hard to do it or it's just not for <laughs> me. Well, you know, it, it's just because you haven't found it yet. You know, you haven't yeah. found your way. And and the difference between, you know, for cooking, like the difference between just getting a recipe and trying to learn from a recipe and actually going into a cooking class is just totally different. You know, if you're if you're just trying to cook from a recipe and you've never made bread before, it's it's challenging i mean yeah it can be done over time and practice and all this kind of stuff but okay let's say you watch a video on how to do it that's going to be a little bit better because at least you can see what they're doing but if you go into a cooking class and some the cook comes over and says no this is how you actually work with a dough like this is mm. this is what the dough should feel like like feel the dough like this is what it should feel like and, and, and smell now, like yeah exactly it's like exactly. <laughs> you're starting to kind of build this uh experience you're starting to build this knowledge in a new way it's going to be a lot more beneficial just like with yoga if you just read postures and yeah. you try to do them it's going to be difficult if you watch yoga with adrian mm -hmm. you're going to get a little bit better of an idea of what you're doing but if you go into a class and someone's like kind of adjusting you or, or giving you verbal adjustments or cues or whatever it's it, it's a totally different experience than yeah. me reading you know whatever light on yoga you light on yoga exactly <laughs> exactly so is there anything coming up for you josh if people are resonating with you is there a way they can can access all of your your plethora of knowledge <laughs> sure um um i definitely I, so a lot of things are kind of starting to coalesce for me so uh this is a, a wonderful time to to start to follow me on instagram of course absolutely <laughs> highly recommend um, um uh but yeah no instagram is a great place because i i will be definitely uh you know any new things that come out i'm going to be uh, posting about there but um reaching out to me on gmail which is mindful mindful at gmail.com or going to my website, joshschmidtcoaching.com. Um, all good ways to find out. I'll put these in the show notes. Yes. Beautiful. That's what I love. Put this out in the world. <laughs> yeah. And um, the things on the horizon are, uh, you know, along with this one-on-one -on -one coaching, I want to make that more accessible to people. Uh, so I am, uh, Danielle mentioned the the 21 day challenge that I did with, with her. I'm kind of in the process of making it um, a self-guided just a little introduction 10 day program that's going to be that you're going to be able to download just directly from my site um uh and that'll give you a, a that'll, that's like kind of the way i think about it is giving you that kind of drop the 
not the driving aspect of it, but the 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 the, te the written test, the written yeah, yeah. answers, so to speak, to the the first the first uh, foundational level of understanding um, of meditation. And um, I'm I'm also thinking about incorporating some kind of group group class or group program on there. So that's that's what's on the horizon, and uh, maybe even like sending out a weekly email. I don't know. <laughs> people, actually, people do that your writing, so. your writing is beautiful too for anyone who's checking out your instagram that will quickly be noticed too like yeah. your words yeah thank you Hold i appreciate that thank you so much josh this thank you delightful. josh i don't want this to end <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome it was a it's a joy to be be on here and, and to get to talk about this stuff with you guys it was awesome. You too. And we'll hope to have you back. Yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> and we're you're you're giving us your time on the most beautiful sunny Sunday that we've had in a long time. So we'll uh, that's, that's let you go frolic in the sun. <laughs> sure. I, I probably I plan to go out for a walk. So yeah. Thanks for joining us in conversation and a movement. I'm Danielle. And I'm Helen. We'll catch you next time. Interested in supporting emotional intelligence podcasts? You can check out our